All right, are we ready? Yeah. Set. Not really. Go. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Parkrun Adventurers. I got the fever. I got Olympic fever, Mel. Have you got the fever? <laughs> I don't know that that's what I would call it. What what constitutes the fever? The fever is just being really excited to watch archery, to become an instant expert in swimming. That sort of fever. Oh, okay. Um, not quite there yet. Would would this fever also entail having watched at least a minute or two of the Olympics so far? Well, my diagnosis is you ain't got the fever. Okay. I might need a dose of parkrun adventurers talking all about Rio to get me there. Well, you're in luck. Bumper pod. All about Rio. We've got a couple of guests who have been involved and are excited about the Rio Olympics. Awesome. Hopefully some of that will rub off on me. In an hour's time, I guarantee you'll have the fever. (laughs) We've got the parkrun fever. Always have the parkrun fever. Yeah. It's hard to shake that one. You know what I did on Saturday? I ventured to my nearest parkrun. Which is always a bit weird, because it's down the end of my street, almost. But I very rarely get there. And uh, I had a lovely morning out at Diamond Creek Park Run on Saturday. And I, I got a new appreciation for running in my neighbourhood. I looked around and it was really pretty. Lots of green down here in Melbourne at the moment. My wife, who has been struggling with some injury, ran the whole 5k and I ran with her. And I gotta say, that's fun. That's just one of the fun things about parkrun. All these guys that go out and run, guys and girls that go and run fast every week, they're just they're not getting it. Slow down. Pace someone to a a PB or just run with a mate or your partner. It's lots of fun. Highly recommend it. So I had a really good parkrun day on Saturday. Awesome. Saturday was just another quiet one for me, volunteering. Got to see the pointy end and the not-so-pointy end as the runners came through the finish line, so I had a lovely morning. What about Sunday? Longest run for you guys up there? Oh, Sunday was a big day. They do not call it longest run because it's short, because it's not. It was, no, it was a great day. We um, started very early. I think the alarm went off at something ridiculous like 4am because the event that we started at was the actual actual furthest away from me. We started at Central Lakes Park Run and the start time was 6am so it was still dark and I carpooled down with a bunch of ladies from the Sunshine Coast and on Saturday night when we were arranging the pickup time I'm like oh my goodness that's so early and my friend said yes that's because some crazy person decided to schedule a start time for 6am and I'm trying to remember why I scheduled it for 6am but I think next year we might start at half past six just to give everyone a little bit more shut eye before we get going. That being said it was beautiful we started in the dim light of the day the sun hadn't risen yet the actual sunrise was 6:24 a.m. but there was enough light in the sky that people didn't need the headlamps that a few of them brought along which was great the temperature was perfect they uh, somebody shared with me um, an article last week that was predicting more uh, terrible dangerous wild weather coming this way by the weekend and I refused point blank to even open it and look at it or you know acknowledge the fact that somebody told me that there was not going to be good weather because if I didn't look at it it wasn't going to be real and it worked it wasn't real we didn't get a drop of rain the temperature was not too cold not too hot 
it was overcast so it was kind of shady it was just beautiful beautiful day so give me the vibe of the day what was the numbers of people that ran all seven and what were the number of groans of the people that ran all seven uh so we had um on average i think across the day we probably well we didn't have any fewer than 15 runners i don't think at any of the individual events and the most we had was at kawana when i think we had 27 that was right in the middle of the day but the vibe was great everyone it's like a supercharged park run basically you know everyone knows enough about parkrun that they're not all new to parkrun as a thing but they're all new to longest run and so many of them had only ever done their own event or one or two others as well so being able to take people and give them briefs and let them run on up to five different new courses that they'd never been to that was really good I, I always love taking people on the guided tour so they all get to see new events and, and different courses that they don't have a chance to get to on parkrun day. How was Nambour received? It's getting quite a reputation as the hardest parkrun and putting it in fifth was a little bit cruel. Oh, well, it was either fifth or sixth and I thought fifth would be more appreciated than sixth. So geographically, it made the most sense to pop it in there, which is why why it's scheduled as it was. Everybody actually really loved it. There were a couple of ladies who came up from the northern suburbs of Brisbane who had run Nambour Course B, which is more difficult than Course A. And so they hadn't had an opportunity to do Course A. And I think they enjoyed that as well. Obviously, there's less elevation involved. Uh, we, we had one new member of the stack club went down in the creek which seems to claim the most amount of people. If you're going to stack it at Nambour, it's generally through the creek. And uh, then people wonder why they change to course B when it's really, really wet. So, But it is very slippy and dangerous in the creek. Fortunately, she didn't ruin her beautiful running tights. Um, but I didn't answer your question before. Uh, all seven events, we actually had 10 runners did all seven this year which is a colossal effort a lot of them i know were rethinking this plan to do them all from about uh course number four <laughs> they were thinking no no we'll sit that one out and it's like no no you, t you can do it you can do it just keep going and yeah i think they were all very pleased at the end and not even just those who did all seven but those who did multiples you know we had people there who did three which was a huge effort for them to run 15 kilometers all in one day and three and four and five and yeah it it's i love long, longest run just love it it's always a great day so yeah good day good day we'll get to do it all again next year that's the plan we got a little bit of audio should we have a listen to that Yes, we've got Alison Webster, who was one of our longest runners, interviewed a couple of the other longest runners. Tina Kerwin here at Park Run Adventures for the day. How did you enjoy the longest park run? It was great. <laughs> Which race was your favourite? Definitely Nambour. Yep. Up the hills. Smashed it? Smashed it, yep. And even got a bug in my eye. And when did you first feel your calf muscles? Uh, yeah, taking off at Town of Seaside after finishing Nambour. Okay. Definitely. So we have Robert Harrison here at the longest park run for the Sunshine Coast. How did you enjoy your day, Robert? Loved it. It was a great day. Um, good weather and the, the company was fantastic throughout the day. Had a good time. Yeah. And which course was your favourite? Uh, I'd like to say probably Noosa actually. I like this one. Yeah, it was a really nice course. Reminded me of Pine Rivers there at Petrie and nicely shaded and undulating. Good course. And um, were there any courses that you'd never done before before today? Yeah, so the only two that I had done before this was Central Lakes and then um, uh, Golden Beach, and I hadn't done any of the others. So, yeah, there were five new courses for me today. Signing off for Park Run Adventures. Now, it wasn't all Sunshine Coast on Sunday. Brisbane also had a go. They had two different variations of the longest run. What are the reports they, out of Brisbane like? 
they did the reports out of Brisbane were everything was a huge success so the day ran like clockwork everybody ran on time um, Liv and Alan said it was a great day judging by the photos everybody had a lot of fun um, Liv did say that she was really inspired and the highlight for her was a lady from Logan River named Mel and Mel actually ran the first five events pushing a pram with her bub in it and then when she got to run number six which was at Kapalabar she she ran that herself while another lady looked after the baby for her and then she walked the seventh event at Cleveland with the baby on her in a carrier how is that for a brilliant effort that's a day. I bet she's tired. I bet she is tired. I'm I'm impressed by the baby, you know, <laughs> being well enough behaved that it could go on six out of seven of those runs, you know, the first five in the pram. That's she's she's obviously well trained. A future park runner as well. She's gonna have a great story to tell. When she's five. Remember the time when I did six? <laughs> well, it might be a new, um, what's the word, tradition. It might be a new tradition for her mum to take her baby to all the park runs as she, all the longest runs, I should say, as she grows up. Or he grows up. I'm not sure if the baby's a boy or a girl. Awesome stuff. Well done to all the longest park runners up in Queensland over the weekend. Now it's time to catch up with someone who I know has also got Olympic fever. We're joined now by Stephen Deneen, who is a Melbourne runner, but has spent the past couple of weeks over in the States with Liam Adams, our Olympic marathoner. Welcome to the podcast, Steve. Yeah, thanks for having me, Scott and uh, Mel. It's um, yeah, been a good few weeks. I've just come back now from uh, training with Liam, so it's uh, good to be back in Melbourne with the uh, nice weather. So how did the... Trip to Arizona, Flagstaff is where you were. So how did that come about? So I've been running with Liam in the AV as Victoria Comp and training with him for a long time now. And I've been also his treating osteopath for the last uh, three years. So often Liam and I will do a uh, long 20, 30, 40k run on a Sunday and I'll treat him afterwards. Um, and Liam had a bit of a trouble in his last two marathon pre- preparations with uh, hamstring problems. So with his last bid, he went to uh, Poland to uh, do a qualifier, so he took me with him. So I flew there and treated him and um, got him ready for the race and he qualified really well. And uh, that helped him get through that race. So in the lead up to uh, Rio, he's had a few little niggles which I've sorted out. And uh, about a week before he flew out to uh, Northern Arizona, um, he did the uh, AV10K and ran really well. And then Liam's coach spoke to me after the race and was just saying, you know, he's amazed how his body's holding up and he's running the best he's ever ran. And it's a shame that I couldn't go to uh, Northern Arizona with him to train. And uh, I said to uh, his coach, Ken Hall, you know, I'd love to go and help him out. But for me to go, I've got to take two weeks off work without pay, which is fine because Liam's a good mate. I'm happy to help him out. But the problem for me is flying over there. So um, Liam's coach said to me, well, if he pays for my flights and accommodation, would I, would I go? So I said, well, you've solved that problem. I can't say no now. So we thought we'd go over and train together and, uh, yeah, treat him. That's a nice gesture from Liam because Liam is not – is he a full-time athlete? No, Liam uh, doesn't get sponsorship at all. Uh, he doesn't get anything from AA or VIS or anything. He's actually a working apprentice. So he works 40 hours a week as a sparky and uh, everything else comes upon, upon himself. So his coach – that's why his coach, um, Ken, was able to help me get over there. And, uh, yeah, Liam – I treat Liam for free. We're, we're good mates, so I look after him for free because uh, we train together. So, um, yeah, if it wasn't for Liam's coach, I couldn't have gone. And, yeah, Liam works full-time like anyone else, really. So for all those people out in Park Run land, you know, they probably earn as much money running as Liam does, really. That's a brilliant gesture on your behalf, I think, as well. That's very generous of you to go over there, Steve. But for Liam... Um, that's that's a massive commitment as well. I mean, I guess, yeah, he's, he's going to be in the Olympics, but what you do for him must be very important. I'm always confused a little bit between what an osteo does versus what a physio does, and there's so many different sort of sports-type people. Can you explain a little bit more about 
what you do to keep his body doing what it needs to be doing? Yeah, for sure. So um, the simplest way we put it between an osteo, a physio, and a chiro is um, a physio generally looks at the soft tissue and uh, focuses in on where the pain is. Now that this is very generalized, um, a chiropractor normally relates everything to the back and they'll do you more adjust adjustments. As an osteopath, uh, I can do both of those things. I can treat the way a physio treats, I can treat the way a chiropractor treats, and we do other things as well. So we're a bit more holistic as in um, we treat the whole body and rather than treat the symptom, we treat the cause. So we find out what's actually causing the problem and then work on that. Uh, so with Liam, you know, he's had a lot of uh, hamstring problems in his last two marathons. Um, so yeah, I've done a lot of soft tissue work through his hammies, but a lot of his problem comes from his quads and his lower back. And that's what actually tightens his hamstrings up. So I've been doing a lot of treatment on his lower back um, and his quads as well as his ankles in order to fix the hamstrings. So really the um, hamstrings are just the last sort of trick on the uh, line of the problems. So I've done a lot of that. Um, I've also got a sports science degree. So I did a uh, three-year sports science degree and I studied biomechanics, advanced biomechanics, and a lot of the other things. So along with my osteo work with Liam, I do other things like um, biomechanics to make sure his ankles are working good and his back's working good as opposed to just sort of uh, treating where he's sore. So, you know, it's not too often I'm going for a run with Liam and he'll run ahead of me and I'll just say to him, oh, look, mate, there's a problem with your little left ankle there. We'll look at that when we get back. You go, oh, how did you know? And I said, oh, you know, just looking at your running, the ankle's not quite working properly. So we try to get onto things before they come a problem for him as well. That's handy. Obviously, hopefully, Liam's body's feeling good. How's your body feeling after two weeks running around with uh, an Olympic marathoner? I, I tell you what, it's, it's, it's an amazing lifestyle. Um, train up there with him. So we're at altitude. I think we did a 33K run up there near the um, – Grand Canyon, and it was around about 3,000 metres, which is almost twice the height as Falls, um, Falls Creek, where the boys go for summer. And so the altitude training was really hard, and just trying to keep up. It's amazing to see what Liam can do and how he goes. And me, sort of being that next level below him, I was probably working twice as hard to get half the result. So I got really sore as well. But, uh, you know, Liam's a good fella. He actually, every night, I treat him for about an hour. Then after I finished treating him, he'd give me a massage on my calves or my quads because he knew... For 14 days, I couldn't go keep going without him giving me a massage. So he became my little massive masseuse while I was over there as well. So how many kilometres do you run in two weeks? Uh, we actually added it up. I was there for 14 days, uh, and I would have run about 360 k. So we did about 180 k a week, 180, 185 k a week. At altitude? At altitude, I think we're only averaging roughly one run a day, sometimes two, but often we're doing one run a day. So we're averaging around about 25k a day for most most days. Do you ever think about just getting a bike and following him around on the bike? Nah, because my goal is to do Melbourne Marathon this year. So um, I want to try and run around about a 218 marathon myself in 10 weeks. So part of me is to go up there and pretty much get better, better myself. So... The only time Liam really pulls away from me is when we do sessions and we go hard. He's just got that extra gear over me. So, you know, for me, it was a great chance to get away and do two weeks of solid training. You know, I work full-time back here in Melbourne. I've got a family as well as trying to run 170K a week. So for me to get over there and do 180K a week um, with just Liam, I got the opportunity to actually do my big 30K runs and then have a sleep, whereas normally I do that and I'm playing with my beautiful little daughter. So... It was a good little training camp for me, so the bike was never an option because uh, hopefully Liam's helped me out and I like better. Thanks for just track um, for being there. And bears. I hear there are bears in Flagstaff. Yeah, we did a run over there. I'm not sure if uh, the park runners are familiar with uh, Nick Willis. So Nick Willis is in a uh, New Zealand runner. He's a 1,500-metre runner. He won silver, a silver medal at the uh, Olympics eight years ago. So Nick's going to his third Olympics, and uh, we're running with a couple of Kiwi boys, the three guys that are doing the Olympic 1500 metres, along with myself and Liam. And we got to the top of this track in uh, Flagstaff. It's called Aspen Corner. And uh, two metres about into the uh, start of this run, there's a massive sign saying, Be where of bears. It's been a high uh, incidence of them in the area. And if you see them, you know, these are the things you've got to do. And the one thing you shouldn't do is run away from them. I just kind of laughed at the boys and thought, the one thing we are doing here is going for a run. If we don't see them, we could be in a little bit of trouble here. And uh, the scariest thing for me is there was five, five of us running. 
four of them on the way to Rio, and I was, I was the fifth guy. So I think all the other four guys felt comfortable that if a bear did, did come, I was going to be the first one to get chewed up. <laughs> That's really why he got you along. He, it, it's nothing to do with um, the medical help. He just wanted the bear bait just in case. Well, I reminded the uh, three Kerry boys, I played Aussie rules for about 10 years, so if they couldn't handle the bump, they may not get away. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Do you know how fast a bear runs? Uh, well, that's what we're, we're chuckling about. They're a lot faster than humans, so they'll beat Usain Bolt, no worries. And the other thing is they can climb trees. So if they're fastness across the ground and they can climb trees, there's not much we can really do. Yeah, that's exactly why I don't travel to places that have bears. Uh, I just assumed we're, we're, we're five skinny runners, so I don't think the bear would have got much meat out of us. So I just assumed he'd move on for a deer or something. So you're not slow exactly yourself. I understand that you have the record at Westerfolds Park Run, is that correct? Yeah, I took my group down there around about um, uh, maybe six weeks ago. And yeah, I got around the uh, park run pretty good there. Um, I think I hold hold my own. I'm trying to run a 64-minute half marathon. I'm trying to get down to, you know, a 216, 217 marathon. So I think I can hold my my own okay. Uh, But it is quite funny when we have done a few runs and guys fly from us. So I've told Liam that now I've got the uh, Westfields Park run. He's not allowed to come down there. I want to hold it for a little bit longer at least. Well, there's lots of park runs, Steve. You can just keep going to the next one and taking that record. And... Well, the other guy I train with, uh, Mitch Mitch Brown. So Liam's other training partner is Mitch Brown, and he's got the um, Maribong, Maribong Rivers Park Run record, which is sub 15 minutes. I did note that. I reckon Mitch has got a chance at the Australian record because he was only maybe 15 seconds off the all-time Australian record when he ran at Maribong. Yeah, and, you know, Mitch, myself and Liam trained together a fair bit and that's why I kind of had a, had a laugh because the week that Mitch did the um, park run that weekend, I trained with him and Liam the week week before and uh, it's quite scary that, as I said, like I'm at one stage of this 10K uh, effort, Mitch is about 100 metres ahead of me and Liam's 100 metres ahead of, ahead of him. So I've told both those blokes, leave Westerfolds alone and they should try have a go at uh, Albert Park, which I think Marty Genscott. I think Albert Park. I actually think Ben St. Lawrence. Oh, no, it was Benny St. Lawrence. Sorry. Yeah. It was Ben St. Lawrence. He did it when he came down to watch Zadapek after he was returning from his hamstring in- injury. Uh, he's a very good runner. Well, Ben's racing the uh, 10K. So I was uh, chatting to Ben, and, and he's in very good good shape. So got, And then Scott Westcott had a big um, park run send-off. The Scotty's uh, travel over... 15, 16 years to get to Rio is amazing. And I think uh, if anyone deserves to be picked in the team, it's definitely him. And the support he gives to Parkrun and they give to him, I think uh, that's probably an amazing journey for both of them. You know, Parkrun to have pretty much one of their own get to the Olympics is phenomenal. And after his journey, I think uh, if anyone's not inspired by Scotty's story, it would be a hard man to get inspired by, I'd say. It's just great to see there's a lot of um, top-level Australian runners that are getting down to the local park, park runs and, and supporting it. We definitely agree with that. It's great to see see the big boys and girls that are still willing to play with the rest of us. I think it's a uh, compliment to park, park run, really. It gets the uh, community involved. And uh, I know amongst the elites, they all talk about you know getting down at some stage and having a run. And uh, I think they love nothing more than just getting amongst the... Uh, let's say, the people of, of the running world and seeing how they're, they're going. And you probably must, when you can get to know them, you realise all those guys and girls are like anyone else. They're not, there's, the only difference is they run quicker. There's no other impersonalities. They try as hard as everyone else. They give it as friendly. It must be nice to actually, you know, for a lot of people, you can go do an event at the same time with Australia's best. You know, if you follow any other sport in Australia, Football, cricket, tennis. What are your chances of having a hit of tennis with uh, Tomic? None. What are your chances of having a kick with Gary Ablett? None. But the fact you can go run with these guys and attract you after the park run, I think it's just uh, great, as said, for both the elites and for park run runners and, and themselves. One thing I noticed, um, Steve, you also hold the record for the two bays down here in Victoria. So you obviously yeah, like so a bit of trail running. Do you prefer trails over the track? Oh... I just love running. There's um, 
so I grew up playing football and cricket and I kind of got out of those sports. I was not too bad at those sports growing up, but I kind of got out of them, because, especially football, just because of I just wanted to have enjoy running. I felt football was too much pressure and there were too many personalities of uh, not the personalities that I liked playing around. So I went to running and I just love, you go for a trail run or you race a, do a road race, you do a track run, you race the elites, you race anyone, you know, two bays. And everyone you go, it's very hard to meet a runner that I don't like. They've got great personalities. So for me to do two bays, I actually did it as just a training run. It was my long run. I thought I'd have a go and see how it goes because a few friends of mine have done it. And um, in order of doing it, it was just the people down there at Brent. So I love the trail running. I love getting out and running on the trails, but I probably love the people more. It's just they've got such a good attitude. Um, things like two bays, um, the rock and roller coaster they do. Um, the ballerine run, it's just amazing how much they just encourage people, you know. You get to a serious uh, road race and your competitors aren't encouraging you to, you to keep going. You go to those runs and win, lose or draw, everyone's really good about it. So I guess for me the attraction is the people along with the actual trailer. They're, they're a bit of a magic place to spend some time with some good people. Now Steve, it's not very long now until the big run, the big race. Where will you be when Liam runs his marathon? Um, so I'm actually uh, going to be uh, at a pub near my house on a Sunday night. So my wife will be there with me. Uh, my daughter hopefully will be here or she's in bed and I'll get my mother-in-law to look after her. And then Liam's girlfriend, um, who I coach and does a lot of running with us, she's coming over. So she was meant to be in Queensland racing. So she's flying back and then um, a few members of my running squad, Benin Runners, are going to come across. So there should be maybe uh, 10, 15 of us at the uh, local pub watching it and cheering him on. Let's hope he does well. Has he got some expectations? Yeah, I think personally he's in PB shape. So Liam's run a 2.13 something at Rio. I think he's in much better shape than that. So I think the expectations with him would be... It's a pretty good course. We looked at it while we were up in um, Flagstaff. It's a pretty flat course, given that it's hot. I think he's in great PB shape. So for me, I think ideally he can get top 20. Um, I think he can probably be the first Australian. though Shelley's in great shape. But I think him and Shelley are kind of going into the race at very similar levels. So whoever has a better day. Uh, and I think he can run 213. And, you know, and people say, oh, what's 213? Not many Australians have ran close to their personal best out in the Olympics. It's normally a slower race than normal. I was trying to think in the last six Olympics, no, five Olympics, I think Steve Monaghetti is the only one to go under 2.14 or maybe might be one other. But, yeah, Monaghetti thinks gone under 2.14 in his last five Olympics and no one else else has. So if Liam can go 2.13, that will be a great result, I think. But it depends, again, what the weather's like. If it's 30 degrees, then you can add a bit, bit more time on for that. Well, I reckon, for what it's worth, I reckon 213 is fast. It, it, <laughs> it's really fast. But, you know, just, just training with him. I haven't said this to Liam or any, anyone else, but just training with Liam over the last six months, and especially seeing what he's done over the last uh, two months, if I could tell you about some of his sessions, I think he's in about 211 shape, 210 shape, given the perfect race, perfect conditions, everything perfect. So I reckon if he's in around 211 shape, you think, you know, given it's the Olympics, the race, the heat, everything else, if he can do 2.13, that's just a phenomenal effort. 2.13, 2.14 would be brilliant for him. Well, our fingers will be crossed. Thanks for coming on and sharing a little bit of experience of what it takes to get someone to the Olympics. And um, I well, hope you head out to some park runs in the next com coming weeks and smash some more records. Uh, definitely. I'm looking forward to bringing my group down to uh, some park runs. We're going to test out the uh, Coburg one in the next few months and also the one at Yarra Bend and then get back to Westerfeld. So we plan probably once a month to get my group down and just get amongst it and use it as part of the training session. And I was just going to say, if um, anyone in park run uh, is interested, so Liam, uh, so park runs 5K, if uh, you're on uh, Instagram or that, Liam did a session, I think, four weeks ago on the athletics track. He did uh, four by six Ks, which uh, is a long way, 24K, and he averaged around about 2.57 per K. So he would have taken out most park runs records in doing that session of 24K. That's crazy. Can't wait to cheer him on. 
thanks for having me, guys, and to both of you as well. Great work with Parkrun, and uh, you know, it's really inspiring what both of you guys are doing and getting Parkrun bigger and better for the uh, community. It wouldn't be a show about Rio if we didn't talk to Robbo. Robbo is heading over there and it's very exciting and we're very excited to have him on the show. Robbo, welcome back to the Parkrun Adventurers. Thanks very much, Mel, and good day to you and Scott and all the listeners out there. Great to be back on. Great to see it's still going super, super strong. So tell us, tell us all about Rio and what's going to happen for you and Mossy. Yeah, well, it's pretty exciting. Um, we're not there yet, so I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you from my home in Newcastle still. We, we don't fly over there until uh, this coming parkrun day, and I think it's a bit of a wise move actually uh, reflecting on it because we, we went to the Glasgow Commonwealth Games a couple of years ago, and I've got to say, Mel, I was, I, was, I was physically, emotionally, mentally drained and burnt out after about the first 24 hours, so I think this time round, we're just going to take it easy for this first week and a bit like a, a good impact player coming off the bench in that second week and, and we'll look to make an impact over there in Rio and, and really get behind um, all the, the green and gold athletes, but in particular in the athletics where we've done a bit of work and got to know a lot of the athletes and the athletics doesn't kick off until uh, this weekend anyway. So, yeah, it'll, it'll work out pretty well and uh, we've got our inflatable kangaroo jumpy and he was a big hit over on the streets of Glasgow, and I think he'll go, he'll go down pretty well with the locals in Brazil over there as well. We've got him a, a Brazilian flag, and we're going to get him a Brazilian uh, soccer football jersey to, to don as well. So, yeah, um, uh, it's funny, I guess, how it all pl- came to be. We, we weren't originally sure if we were going to go over there at all. It was always an intention to do that. We joke with people, say it's, it's, it's what you do when you're not quite good enough to compete yourself. You find some other way to get over there, and... Luckily, uh, it's all worked out that we've managed to do that. We ended up winning a, a little competition through the Australian Olympic team's uh, ch- official chocolate partner. Uh, they've been kind enough to, to send us over. And, um, yeah, and now we've got this amazing uh, 10-day trip at the Olympic Games and we, we can't wait to sink our teeth into it. So are you going over there just as fans and as spectators or are you going to be doing some reporting there? Yeah, well... Uh, nothing official, Scotty. No accreditation. No official media duties as such. Uh, so yeah, basically we're we're fans. We're fans in the stands, and we'll be looking to, I guess, still, uh, you know, create some coverage, but more using social media platforms and and on the uh, Mossy and Robo channels, and just trying to you know really bring out some of the colour and excitement and and action that's happening from a fans' perspective. Um, and we've got no sureties of, of, of getting any access to any of the Australian athletes, um, you know, catching up with them. Who knows? We just You're not sure what how it's all going to work. Um, certainly a bit more uh, tightness around uh, security and, and getting access to athletes and stuff at an Olympic game. So we're, we're just – we'll wing it a little bit, I guess. But, uh, yeah, nothing, no, no set – uh, media obligations for this one, which is great. We can just enjoy it and, yeah, really just do what we do best, I think, which is just go crazy. We'll wear a whole bunch of green and gold and, uh, and yeah, tear up the streets and the stands and, and be seen and heard, hopefully. So, yeah, looking forward to it. You'll be winning everyone over with your smiles and your inflatable kangaroos. We don't we don't uh, hide away from the fact that the kangaroo is a much bigger celebrity than we than we are. Everyone wants, wanted to get a photo with Jumpy when we we're in Glasgow, and yeah, the, the the Jumpy, the kangaroo, he'll um he'll be a big hit with the locals. Yeah, if, as long as they don't want to try and eat him, they eat a lot of meat over there. I know, so I don't know if they've got a taste for for roux or not. So hopefully, um, hopefully he can stay inflated. So Robbo. You, you said you're going to be there for the athletics. Do you know specifically which events you might be getting along to yet? Yeah, well, it's pretty exciting, Mel. Um, first morning we wake up there and the women's marathon is on and I checked the hotel that we're staying at is actually on the course of that. So that just you know couldn't be planned better and uh, can't wait to cheer on one of your previous guests on the show, Jess Trengove, uh, along with Lisa Waitman, who's at her third Olympic Games, and Millie Clark, who's a really exciting prospect making her debut at the olympics in the marathon too so that's going to be super exciting and that's that's the sunday the first full day we're there and then uh sunday nights uh 
opportunity to hopefully see uh, Usain Bolt in the 100 metres, which will be pretty interesting as well. So, um, But the big climax, I guess, uh, the end of the Games, the end of the athletics program will, will be the men's marathon and an opportunity to cheer on our good mate, Scott Westcott, uh, one of the three Aussie men in that event and uh, joining Michael Shelley and Liam Adams. So, yeah, we'll be. Um, I think we'll be uh, we'll be worn out by the end of all that. But uh, yeah, look, it's, it'll be really exciting. And, and having worked with Athletics Australia in the last few years and got to know some of the athletes, and, and you know, you follow them on the on the domestic tour and you interview them, and um, they get to. I think they come to appreciate what we've sort of been trying to do in terms of building their profile and building the profile of the sport. So it'll be nice to sort of be there at the end of their their journey. Um, and especially for some of the younger athletes who are making their debut at Olympic Games, and yeah, it's a it's a huge deal, and um, you know we'll be there and hopefully share the, the special moments with their fans and supporters and family. So really excited. Can you give us a little preview to the Track Five K event in Rio? How are Australia's chances? Who's competing, and what sort of times are they going to run? Yeah, look, it's it's always interesting, Scotty, and. Um, the tactics come into it a lot more when you get to these big championship events. And so what I mean by that is it's not always quick times that you'll see. Apart from David Rudisha, who you, our listeners might remember him winning the 800 metres in, in a world record in London, and he led from the front and um, and basically, yeah, said good luck to anyone else in the race. And, and that's uh, one way to do it. But often um, a final in an 800, um, 800 Usually they're a bit quicker, but 1500s are often very tactical. So they'll jog, jog, jog for a couple of laps and then they'll start to warm up and then it sort of turns into a kick down at the end. Uh, 5,000 metres can be a little bit the same and it's it's very cat and mouse and um, athletes, you know, no one wants to really lead and they'll they'll slow down to a, to a pace where uh, a lot of park runners could probably keep up with a, you know, for a half a lap or a lap every now and then. Um, it's, it's quite bizarre to see. It's almost, you know, gives you uh, shades of what you see on a, in a velodrome with the, with the two cyclists sort of you know, cat and mousing sometimes. But um, in terms of the Aussie contingent, well, we're going to see um, we're going to see a good field in the in the men's event. I'm st- sticking with those guys. So Brett Robinson, who is uh, originally from Canberra, he lives um, down in in Victoria these days. He's coached by Nick Bidos, a very famous Australian athletic coach. Um, and he previously was a national record holder for parkrun. He's done a, done a number of parkruns down in, in Canberra. Um, he'll be in the mix there. He's been at a World Champs before. Um, but a couple of young blokes uh, with him who he is so sort of part of the same stable, also coached by Nick Bideau. So Sam McEntee, who's from West Australia originally, and then Pat Tiernan, who's from Queensland. And Sam and Pat have been uh, living and studying and and training over in America at one of the colleges in uh, Villanova. And they're, yeah, really you know, young and exciting and, um, yeah, great prospects. So, look, I, I wouldn't be saying talking up medal chances. Um, it'll be a big achievement if these guys can get into a final. So they'll have to run a heat first and, uh, and yeah, and hopefully sneak into the final. So uh, on, his, on his day, Brett Robinson's probably the best of those three. And, uh, yeah, if he runs well and it all goes well, another – other results pan out okay, then he's a good chance of getting through to the final. But yeah, wouldn't rule out those other guys too. So that'll be pretty exciting in the men's. And then in the women's parkrun distance, we've got a full card there as well, which is very exciting. Um, and Eloise Wellings, Madeline Hills, and Jen Lacars. And I think of those three, only Jen hasn't done a parkrun yet. Um, Eloise certainly has done plenty. And I know Madeline, who's from down in uh, near Wollongong, she's done a couple down that way too. So um, Jen Lacars and Madeline will be also backing up doing the steeplechase, which is on first. Um, that's that's earlier on in the program. And um, Eloise will have run the 10,000 metres as well. So they'll be backing up all three of those girls. But again, you know, um, Eloise and, and Maddie in particular, uh, yeah, just going from strength to strength in recent years and um, that'll be pretty exciting. So from an Aussie perspective, yeah, it'll be really great to get in and, and watch um, watch these girls. Hopefully they can get through the heats and we can see as many of the, the, the women and the men sneak into the, the 5,000 final. And what kind of times would we be expecting these guys all to run? 
not they won't be running PBs. So the Diamond League events where they have paces, often one or two or three pacemakers um, out in front, they're often much quicker races. These ones, like I was saying, that they'll be they'll be generally slower sort of times. But in saying that, um, you know, you can expect thirteen minutes for the men um, under if they're going really really quick. But yeah, you know, the qualifying times just to get a seat. On the plane for the men, for the Aussies, was uh, 13.24, I think it was. So these guys have all had to do that just to get there. And they'll have to run probably a good chunk quicker than that to then sneak into the final as well, I would say. But depending, you know, it depends how, how it's all run. Uh, the women, not too much slower. So Jenla Cars, for example, she had a PB um in the high 15s and she's taken 20 or 30 seconds off that this year so she's down to 15 20 15 30 and uh eloise has got down to low 15 i'm not sure if she's snuck under before so um that's the sort of speed that these girls can run um but yeah expect them expect the runs to be a little bit slower um just depending on the tactics and the the tricky thing as well which is sometimes a bit annoying and i think a bit of a disadvantage depending on which heat um, you're allocated in if you're in the third say say there's three heats and you're in the third and final heat you know what the the times have been in the first two heats and where you need to finish and what time you need to run which is I think a, a big advantage but that's just luck of the draw like no one can control that um, but yeah it's it certainly stung like Madeline Hills at the world championships in Beijing last year she was she missed out by one spot um, in both the 5,000 metres and the 3,000 steeplechase um, in qualifying for the finals. So um, hopefully she, yeah, doesn't have that sort of bad luck again and can sneak into the final and, and the other girls as well. You say it's an advantage if you're in the third heat because, you know, you've got you've got the wisdom of knowing how fast everyone else has done it. I don't really get that because... I understand how fast everyone else runs at Parkrun and I still can't manage to go, oh, yeah, I just need to run this fast. My legs disagree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so um, with getting with, with qualifying through, it'll be, you know, um, it might be a time you have to beat, but often it's, you know, the first three or four or five runners are guaranteed to get into the into the next stage, next into the semifinal, the final as well. So... It often it'll just be about yeah getting yourself into that that sweet spot into that into that top five position. But um, yeah, Mel, look, it's, I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you're thinking about it um, and 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 uh, comparing to the park run. But um, yeah, it's nice. <laughs> park runs a little bit more relaxed, I guess, than what these guys are going to be faced with. Just a tad. And speaking of which, you guys out at Newey gave a bit of a decent send off to one of our Olympians on the weekend. How did that go? It, it look it went really well it was um i'm still on a bit of a high from it if i'm honest and it was one of those i know you guys have experienced it yourselves it's one of those i'm gonna say rare but it's not that rare parkrun it has parkrun has a, a beautiful way of creating these uh these little situations these circumstances and um look all credit to to the team at, at newey parkrun andrew dodd in particular and a mate of, another mate of mine dave mcgaw dave has a a collection of, of flags from all around the world. He's a, an Olympics tragic. He's a sports tragic, but uh, and also a parkrun tragic as well. So he's uh, his life is a <laughs> a, uh, a living tragedy. It sounds like, but he he's a great guy, and he he had all the flags there from every country that's ever hosted a summer Olympic games. And what we orchestrated, what the guys orchestrated, was a parade of nations. And Dotty jumped on the microphone to. Uh, to to MC it and so we we heard about every uh nation that had hosted olympic games in order going back right back to athens and greece in 1896 and then just a few little running anecdotes in particular with each of those events and, and any uh pertinent australian uh performances from each of those so that was really nice and but uh as as well as that we had an actual uh former or He's an Olympian, an Olympian from the 1960 Games, um, the father of one of our regular park runners, Jody Whitehead. His dad is Colin Whitehead, and he would play basketball uh, in 1960. And he was in the stadium when Herb Elliott won his gold medal in Rome. So that was pretty special. We had a, I had a chat with him, and uh, we were able to honour him. And then um, president of the Next Door Rowing Club, who sh- we share the grounds with at Newey Park Run, John McLeod, he 
have been a uh, a uh, support runner for the Sydney 2000 games. His son was one of the torch uh, relay runners, the torch bearers. So he had all the gear and he had the official torch there. And so we were able to sort of um, celebrate that as well. So, yeah, and then uh, one of our other volunteers pulled pulled out a, a, a genuine towel from the 1956 Olympic Games as well. And um, so, yeah, you know, a few little touches like that really gave us a, a great sense of occasion. And it was all kicking off. You know, only an hour before the uh, the opening ceremony started in Rio, but Scott Westcott, Scott Westcott, as you mentioned, just bizarre how it all worked out. He actually hadn't travelled overseas yet. He was still in the country and wanted to do his final hard hit out, um, which he's done for the last of his few uh, marathon preparations. Hard hit out at Park Run. He actually did a double Park Run, so he started his first five k leg at quarter to eight, and. That then we had the parade of nations, and then when Scott came back through the crowd, and then went on to his second lap, that was the start of Park Run proper, and we all we all tried to chase him, and I actually tried to st- stick with Scott for a little while, and uh, I think my lungs are still burning from from uh, attempting to do that, but yeah, it was it was fantastic. So there we were with a you know a, a live an Olympian from the current Olympics um, running shoulder to shoulder, getting his barcode scanned hanging around at the end, having a chat, getting selfies, you know, giving back to the running community. I'll point out it was pretty cold and it was raining the whole time as well. And um, and there was this guy who's, yeah, he's one of us, you know, he's 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 made this Olympic, um, he's, this Olympic dream come true, but there he is. He knows where he's come from. He's very proud of the fact that, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's, his roots are community-based running. And uh, he was at Newey Park Run number one and he's been – at a number of, of them since, and um, yeah, great to see him sort of giving back, and it was a real thrill for everyone that was there. So um, yeah, can't wait to, I guess, get behind him and the entire parkrun community in Newcastle and, and around the Hunter, and, and I'm sure all around Australia will be getting right behind Scott and, uh, and and the other Aussies in those races as well. Did he run a good time? Is he is he in form? <laughs> he's in good form, yeah. He's going well. I think he's running like he's a 20-year-old kid again. He's Maybe not quite as quick as he once was, but uh, on his own in the wet with a few turns to negotiate, um, he got around the 10Ks in about 30 minutes and 50 seconds. So I think his official park run time was 15, might have been 15.20 or so. So um, almost a minute slower than, than, than his PB on that course, um, which is also the Australian park run record. But, um, yeah, no, that's, that's basically what he wanted to sort of do. And to put it in, in, in perspective, he ran a similar sort of time um, probably about eight weeks or so ago at an event in Sydney, um, which was, yeah, much better conditions as well. So he's, he's in good shape. He's feeling good. And, uh, look, he, he's realistic about what he will – uh, what he'll go over there to, to try and do. Um, and, yeah, he's basically sort of said his plan is to run a pretty measured race, um, not get too excited at the start and and um, go through halfway in about 68 minutes and then look to come home in the same sort of time, if not a little bit quicker. So, yeah, you know, if he, if he runs a measured race and it comes in at 2.15 something um, and he's overtaking a lot of people in the back end of the race, there's no reason why you might yeah you might end up in the top 20 25 runners or so you just um you just never know and the, the great thing with this the olympics is you've only got to beat or there's you've only got to race against three kenyans three ethiopians there's not um you know 20 30 40 of them flying so it's a uh, it's a smaller field and um hopefully he can he can jump in with a few other runners that'll be running in the same sort of pace and um and have a, a really strong and, and great performance. And, you know, we'll all be proud of him no matter what he does. And you were lucky enough to catch up with him and grab some audio. So let's have a listen. Righto, we're rolling and we're here with great Scott, Scotty Westcott's the morning of the opening ceremony here in Australia. And you've just knocked out double park run. What are you doing here? Why aren't you in Rio? I'm ready to go home and cook pancakes and uh, watch the opening ceremony with my kids and uh, family. Hey, haven't been able to even hook you up with a uniform. I've been able to get one. You've got a shirt here, but these are the shoes, mate. I can I can at least give you those to wear while you're watching <laughs> the opening ceremony. We're ready. To, I might not. Yeah, that's right. Look like Pingu, but uh, yeah, look, go Aussies, and uh, I'll be wearing my pinstripes uh, on the 21st of August. Yeah. Yeah. Tell Scotty you're competing on the last day. It's the the ultimate event, the uh, the men's marathon. But what are you looking forward to uh, most about the games besides obviously competing? 
Thank well, you. I'm looking forward to seeing how your voice holds up in <laughs> 16 days. But uh, I'm looking forward to probably going and watching track. Yeah, possibly seeing a Usain Bolt or you know David Radisha go around. That's just going to be very special. Uh, just sitting in my bed in the Olympic Village, you know, just listening and, and the sights and sounds of the Olympic Village will be very special as well. Well, 21st of August can't come soon enough. Two weeks and a bit until you're on the road. We'll be over there to cheer you on, Scotty. Safe travels. Look after yourselves. Stay out of trouble in that village. See you at the beach, mate. There's Scotty Westcott. Great, Scott. Go, you good thing. Sounds like he was having a good time on Saturday. Robbo, hope you have a good time over in Rio. I'm pretty sure you will. Thanks, mate. Yeah, no, th- something's gone horribly wrong if uh, if we don't if we can't have a good time over there. So, uh, look, yeah, I'll struggle to probably sleep the next few nights with the excitement, but um, can't wait to, to get on the plane, get over there, and um, yeah, if uh, if people want to sort of follow our adventures, the best way to do that is just to follow any uh, any of the main social media platforms and just at Mossy and Robbo, uh, in particular uh, Facebook and Instagram, but but also on, on uh, Snapchat and, and Twitter. You can find us on there as well. But, yeah, we'll try and get as much coverage as we can. And um, the other thing I should point out, Scott and Mel, is uh, hopeful. I haven't got it packed yet, but hopeful of sneaking a, a park run flag in the bag and getting over there. And on the Saturday, the 20th of August at 8 a.m., or 7am we'll uh, look to stick that in the sand maybe at Copacabana Beach and we'll we'll claim the first ever pop-up park run in uh, South America and Brazil so stay tuned on that that will be that will be one hell of a park run adventure if we can get that up well Jess said a couple of weeks ago she was keen to run a park run a pop-up park run over there so I know you've got at least someone who'll join you perfect Perfect. Now we'll, I'm sure we'll be able to recruit a few more between now and then. So yeah, stay stay tuned. Follow uh, follow the updates, and we'll hopefully get a little park run happening on the last Saturday of the games. And the park run adventurers were out in full force all over the country this weekend. Recreating Mel was at the launch of Chelsea Bicentennial with a bunch of awesome women and said it was a very successful launch, filling a big hole in the southern burbs of Melbourne, a very lovely course that's flat as a tack and mostly on a gravel track. Our official member of the Channel 4 news team, underscore PK, just wanted to beat my, or just wanted to beat his, 25.34 PB. And what did he do? He came in at 24.27. He was pretty happy with that, and his best position too. All thanks to my new 5-Minute K playlist. And congrats on the PB. You do realise that you wasted a whole bunch of other PBs that you could have had in that minute that you shaved off your time, but I'm sure it's a lesson learned. Running guy Ryan was a parkrun tourist this week at Riverway Parkrun in Townsville, travelling over 1,300 kilometres to celebrate a friend's 100th parkrun. He said, such a beautiful course, definitely a must-do park run. And I would agree with that. Riverway's gorgeous. I would agree with that too. Can't wait to go back and do that. I might move to Townsville just to do Riverway again. Oz Twin Mama. So this happened yesterday at Harvey Bay Park Run. And she posted a picture of a fantastic certificate that is only awarded to the park runners of the month. Two certificates, in yes. fact. Yes. Because with Stuart Marshall training, they were the first couple to win. Love Parkrun and all that it means. Wouldn't be where I am today without it. Parkrun is my favourite day of the week. We have something in common, Oz Twin Mama. It's great. Miss Spelt was out. Uh, She was at the longest run this weekend and she shared various pics from throughout the day, keeping everyone who was at home on the couch or couldn't otherwise make it abreast of all the goings-on at the longest run, Greater Sunshine Coast. Mboto got in the video spirit and shared a video with us from St. Peter's. Yippee! And ouch. As they slid down a slide. With Dora Tosingo and the Dirty Dirty Cheaters. And obviously the Dirty Cheaters were there with her and said a proud cheater at Cashews 7 was chosen to carry the Olympic torch during today's Rio run at Maylands Peninsula Park Run. So they must have shared that photo that came from somewhere else. 
Axelba shared some beautiful pictures from Cairns Park Run. Jamesy Wamesy, he was at Diamond Creek with me and he was winning. Somebody asked him if he won and then congratulated him and he replied, yes, I won versus my old self. And that's exactly the attitude that we love at Park Run. Mama of Hope shared a pic of her. I believe she was volunteering at Westerfold, so that would have been volunteering. And she said she was a massive clown. I think she was doing one of those jump shots. Run with Erica walked the gorgeous Bunya Park Run trails with my mini-me. Hey TJ was also at the launch of Chelsea Bicentennial Park Run. That was a big one this weekend, Scotty. You didn't get along to that, but... Did you feel the ripples of it spreading out amongst Victoria? Lots of people went, so there was lots of conversation down here. And very smooth launch, which is good, good to hear. So I think that will be a big success. MacGirl19 was also there with her mate Run Joe Run, and they also posted photos from that launch. So definitely a popular launch. Can't wait to get down there. It'll be another event for me to get closer to you. You got some catching up to do. On the most events list. Or is it going to get a new name? Well, it might get a new name. What name could we come up with for that? I don't know. Maybe our listeners should make some suggestions. Let's have a think. Over to Facebook, and we had one of our regulars, Peter Pullman, wondering what other clubs there may be out there. And he's listed off a bunch of the clubs that we all know and love in Parkrun Australia land, and wants to know, has he missed any? Are there some that he hasn't listed? And I do know of at least one that he hasn't listed, but I'd like to hear from everybody else. You guys... Jump in onto the Facebook page, check out the list that he's given. If there are any that you know about, let us know what they are so we can let everyone in Australia and the world know. And he also confirmed for us that the Black Butt Sea theme for their anniversary last week was related to being the third letter in the alphabet. So apparently, if I prefer a different letter, I can plan ahead accordingly. Paul Curtin was enjoying coffee after the Chelsea Bicentennial launch, which we know now is the highest launch in Victoria, 388 runners. And Tina Kerwin, who was also out at Longest Run, said, thanks for a great day, everyone. Fantastic to meet lots of new faces and see lots of familiar ones too. Love checking out all the courses. Now we have no new launches this week, which is a little bit unusual, but gives us all time to breathe. But there are anniversaries. Ah, where are they, Mel? Well, we've got Callaghan in New South Wales who are celebrating their first anniversary. They're going to have an Olympics theme because it's Rio. We're all in Rio fever at the moment. So I think we're going to have a few more events that still do Olympic park runs in the next couple of weeks while all the fun is happening. Wishart aren't, though. They're going to go with a superheroes theme for their second anniversary this Saturday. And that will be very cool and lots of fun as well, I'm sure. Okay, we've come to the end. Have you got the fever now? Oh, I have to admit that I'm a little bit excited. Speaking to Steve and Robbo about the Olympics and, and you know, we've had Scotty Westcott and we've had Jess Trengove and, yeah, the last, the last few interviews have, yeah, they've got me in the mood. I've... I am a little bit feverish. Okay. Well, I'll let you go. I'm sure if I turn the television on now, there'll be something Olympics related that I can watch. They don't do curling at this one, do they? That's a winter Olympic sport. That is a winter. I am partial to a little bit of curling. Well, just discover a new sport over the next two weeks. Well, over the next week. And let's report on it next week. Deal. Your favourite Olympic moment that maybe nobody else is talking about, that's not making the news. You're tired. I'm tired. Have a good week, everyone. Have a good park run down Saturday.
you're not going to leave my yawn in the podcast. Yep. (laughs) It's been a long one this week. We're all a bit tired. So let's go. See you next week.